0: podcast
1: diving diving deep diving deep into all things texas both on and off the field here's sean pendergast and pro football hall of famer the general Sean mcclain welcome welcome to utopia hey
0: everybody happy new year hope you had a great holiday season uh it was not a great holiday out at the uh Stadium today at NRG Stadium. Texans lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars 31-3. The nine-game winning streak against the Jags is history in a big, big way. And we're here to break it all down for you. Take a look at some of the other things that went on that were actually relevant to the things like the NFL postseason as well this week. We'll do a little four-stock-up, four-stock-down for you. My name is Sean Pendergast, one half of Payne and Pendergast, mornings on Sports Radio 610, along with my good friend, the Hall of Famer sportsradio 610.com's Senior Texans Columnist, Gallerysports.com as well, John McClain. John, were you able to um, – I was having a hard time. Were you able to stay awake for the entirety of the game up in the press box today? I-,
1: I asked Mark Berman when he came. He sits next to me to bring a cattle prod to make sure I stayed awake, and he did. A few times he had to shock me. You know, the truth is, Sean, I wanted him to lose. I want him to get that first pick. I don't want him to fool around – and blow it. I want them to have their choice of Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, both of whom were great in those playoff games on uh, Saturday in the bowl game and the playoff game. And I want them to have the choice of both, not one. And so based on the little effort they put into this game and how utterly pathetic they were, especially on offense, I'm confident they're going to lose to the Colts, even – though Sam Ellinger is probably going to start at quarterback since Nick Foles got hurt.
0: John, I don't know. The Colts, the Colts are, they lost 38 to 10 to the Giants today.
1: Well, at least the Giants they are a playoff team for sure. They had a lot to play for. Jaguars had nothing to play for. Imagine how bad it would have been if the Jaguars had needed to win this game to stay in a race for the AFC South, but they didn't, it didn't mean squat to them. And yet they played and gave the Texans their most decisive loss of the season or since they got beat by 31 at in Indianapolis in December.
0: How do we explain the last three weeks then, John, with the Texans? I mean, was it just simple turnover luck or team? You know, were the Cowboys and the Chiefs? I mean, we treat these. This is how bad the Texans are. I mean, we're treating the Cowboys and Chiefs games like they won the games, like they were they were actually in the games, and that's viewed as some sort of some sort of progress with this team. And then obviously they beat the Titans last week, who we had Malik Willis, who was so good at quarterback for the Titans that he got benched for Josh Dobbs this past week. I'm mean how, But but the Texans did look more competitive in those games. How do we explain the last three weeks? Is it just that happens in an NFL season?
1: I think the fact they've been so bad, but they deserve to be praised. They lose by four yeah. and six to the Cowboys and the Chiefs, and they beat the Titans. And I don't care who the quarterback was. It beat Ryan Tannehill up there last year or so. Uh, and in this game, they came out like they didn't care. And I, the defense played much better. If you take away that 62-yard run by Travis Etienne, they played good run defense, and it didn't give up a touchdown pass, gave up three rushing touchdowns and one on deep. You know, when an opposing defense outscores your offense, it's something terrible. Mm. And Pep Hamilton just as continues to do an awful job calling a wheel route to throw a touchdown pass on fourth down to Rex bleeping Burkhead, Uh, this staff's gone. You know, lovey has gone, the whole staff's gone, new coach coming in. If he wants to keep somebody like Frank Ross and he's under contract, he can do it. But they're going to have a new quarterback and they're going to have a new coaching staff for next season, plus those 11 draft choices, including two first-round picks. And Deshaun Watson didn't help him any. Three touchdown passes, no interceptions. They win at Washington, and so that's not good. But, you know, I just don't want the Texans to screw this up or want the first round, first overall
0: pick. How good is this job, John? I mean, you're calling your shot. You're saying lovey has gone. How good is this job? It's it's obviously much more attractive, I would think, than it's been these last two head coaching cycles.
1: John Lopez says it's the best in the league. I don't buy it because we don't know what other jobs are going to be yeah. available. You know, I would say Denver, but the Broncos don't have ones or twos, and they've got cap issues with Russell Wilson. And, uh, you know, Nick Casario is the personnel guy. You know, you can rule out. I tell people, Sean Payton's not coming here. He wants control of personnel. He's not getting it. They're not firing Casario with four years left on his contract. And he deserves to be back next season. And so, you know, this is the first time, if you think about it, Lovey was a compromise candidate after they were so close to hiring Josh McCown. I still believe they hired David Culley, knowing that Jack Easterby was going to orchestrate uh, Josh McCown's hiring. And then somebody came to sense, census, and they wanted a steady hand on the wheel, and they got it from Lovey. But when you were not the guy, In a big coaching search, that's not good, and Lovey wasn't. Now I think Nick Casario, he can look at every candidate, including the ones he looked at last year, and somebody I would also include. He interviewed the the Eagles defensive coordinator, Jonathan Gammon, uh, Shane Strike, and their offensive coordinator, who calls plays this season. Uh, he's somebody I would definitely be interested in. And, you know, he looked. they looked at the Chargers offense coordinator, Joe Lombardi, Kevin O'Connell. He's got a job in Minnesota. So uh, Brian Flores, this time I think when they actually hire, it will be somebody they intend to be the guy for a long time.
0: John, do you think – I mean, look, let's face it. This has been a weird place for a few years now. The Everything that went down towards the end of the O'Brien era – um, the way in which they arrived at, at at Nick, honestly, and then at at David Culley, certainly, and then the way they arrived at Lovey Smith and some of that weirdness wasn't all due to the Texans. The Brian Flores lawsuit had something to do with that, but the Texans-related weirdness has that left the building with Jack Easterby. Do you think like is this is this is it safe to say? Should we feel safe that this is going to be an NFL team that's functioning more like a normal NFL team? going through this next head coaching search and this next draft and this next period of free agency?
1: The Serio and the McNairs are about as far from weird as I can imagine. They're not weird. You know, that you use that term, so no. I think they're not going to be an organization like that. There's no guarantee they're going to win. Mm-hmm. No guarantee they're going to turn around. Look how long it's taken. Jacksonville getting the first overall pick two years in a row, and they're capitalizing on a terrible division that Tennessee's on the last two years and the Texans on the four year four of the five years before that. But I think when you look at what's ahead, if you get a new coach, new staff, somebody that is a proven uh play caller who knows how to to uh coach a small quarterback who can move, who has everything you want but size, or C.J. Stroud, if that's who Casario wants. And the new coach is going to have to be satisfied with Casario having final say. It's not going to be somebody that gets the power that Bill O'Brien had, and then he starts making trades that tear apart the organization. So, I think it the McNair's. We say patient. They're about to have their second one and done, but before that, with O'Brien and Kubiak, they were very patient. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think whatever Casario recommends that they do, I think they'll sign off on it. And and uh, they're not going to get in the way. They're not going to demand that he do something or spend this or don't spend that. And that's why I think things are looking up because they get a new staff. They'll have a franchise quarterback. They'll have two number one picks, 11 overall and cap money to sign a couple of of name free agents for weaknesses like maybe tight end and center. And I think this, if you're going to get a quarterback with that first pick, you've got to get an impact wide receiver. People are saying, well, they should wait till the second round. Well, yeah, if you knew, you're guaranteed. But if you have the choice to say – what the top guy wherever you're going to pick with Tennessee uh, with the uh, Cleveland pick, you better take him. You know they used two of their top three picks last year on the secondary. Wouldn't bother me at all if they didn't use two of their top three picks this year on skill position guys. And then you better build that you need a new center. I don't know what they think about right guard HA Ked, but you know they they got to put the right people around that quarterback and the defense is fine but the defenses look better still needs help but there's a couple of positions or three or four that you can spend money now and bring in veteran players to fill needs.
0: John you sound like it's a lock that they're going to take a quarterback with that top pick. Do you think it's a lock that they take a quarterback with that top pick?
1: Let me say what Lovey Smith says when he gets mad at media questions after games. Did you watch the game? <laughs> no, John, did you it. watch the game? I get if it. Did you watch the game? But John, you, you and I—they need a quarterback.
0: I, so does Nick. I just wonder what his grade is on Bryce Young and CJ Stroud. They're not Trevor Lawrence in terms of their pedigree coming out. They're both really good. They're not Kenny Pickett either. You know, they're—they're they're both. You know, Pickett was the one guy who was drafted in the first round last year. Um,
1: oh, I think they'll be right away ahead of Kenny Pickett.
0: No, I do too. I, I, I do too. I do too. But if they've got – if Nick has them both rated seventh on his big board, I don't think he's using the number one overall pick on them.
1: Well, if that's the case, he better trade down and get other picks. But I don't know how, based on what we've seen. Of, what Bryce Young did – against kansas state that's what he's been doing for two years mm-hmm. what cj stroud did against georgia he has not had a consistently great game from start to finish against top competition uh like he did against georgia I And mean, he was making a lot of people think uh i thought wow it's got to be bryce young Now it's got to be him. There's so much time left in the evaluation process. Can you imagine if Casario said, well, I think we're going to go with Davis Mills another year, or I'm going to try to sign Jimmy Garoppolo. I think people here would go
0: crazy. I get it. I think people here would go crazy too. But John, you yourself have said that he's not going to make decisions based on what people think.
1: That's true. Yeah. He's going to make it. And I mean, he'll sign off on it, but Man, oh man, I just can't imagine that he would not take one of those quarterback prospects.
0: I can't either, but we have no clue. There's not, John, there's not even a New England thing we can point to where we can say, oh, this is when, for the 20 years he was in the building in New England and they had this situation, they did XYZ at quarterback. They had Tom Brady the whole time.
1: (laughs) What he knows is you can't win consistently without a great quarterback.
0: Yep. Whether it's
1: Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow who are about to get, Big contracts this off season. Don't know what's going to happen with Tua of Aloa and all of his concussion mm-hmm. issues. I would think that Stroud and Bryce Young are more like Joe Burrow. Burrow was not highly rated, and, and when he came into his last year at LSU. He'd taken him to a bowl game the year before and people liked him, but they weren't talking about him as a first round pick, much less first overall pick. Now he's got good size, of course. He's six two and he's tough as nails. But I think when it comes down to it, there's going to be a clear cut quarterback who's going to be they're going to be one and two, whether it's young and Stroud or Stroud and Young, and so much will depend on what they do in the shorts and T shirts.
0: Unfortunately. Yep, I agree. Um, All right, uh, so, John, let's get to a quick – well, this will be a quick one this week because – Please. Yeah, because it was not a great game, 31-3, to but let's do it. Four stock up, four stock down. I know the stock up part won't take very long, but uh, we'll hash this one out. So, 31-3, Jags break their nine-game losing streak against the Texans. John, you are up first. Any stock up to start this thing off?
1: Absolutely. Jalen Petrie had 13 tackles. He moved past Brian Cushing for the second most in team history – for a rookie, he trails D'Amico Ryans. He's 17 behind D'Amico, plus he had his fifth interceptions. I just can't imagine he's not going to make the all-rookie team at safety, and he was really
0: good. It, John, he did, though, and he pointed this out. He was on the postgame show with us today in studio, um, and he pointed this out. He, did, he, he had a couple whiffs on tackles that led to big runs, including the Travis Etienne 62-yard touchdown run. He's. There were some misses in there for Petrie. He wasn't perfect today.
1: I didn't say he was perfect. I just said he had 13 tackles. You know what? There's that that run for 62 yards, yes. He and I can't remember if it's Desmond King. Or it was King. Else. It was
0: Desmond King, yeah.
1: Looked like he was playing in the Pro Bowl, two ends anywhere,
0: or flag football. <laughs> yes. But
1: everybody makes mistakes. Some are more pronounced or they're yeah. seen, but, boy, Petrie made up for it.
0: No, Petrie's he he's he's come along. He is he is definitely a reason to be optimistic moving forward and optimistic about Nick Casario's ability to evaluate young players. Um, boy, it is hard to find stock up anything Texans related. Uh Obo I got two
1: more. You you go with Ogbo. He's gonna be one of mine. So okay, I got mine. yeah,
0: I'm gonna go Ogbo Karakwo. He got in there for another sack today. He had a, I believe, a couple TFLs. If I can pull the box score up, but He was active again today, and he's somebody who's gradually become uh, a player that I would like to keep around for another year. And he's from here. So I hopefully, uh, you know, depending on what the scheme is, you know, he he was a bad scheme fit in L.A. for what they were doing. He was a really good scheme fit for what Lovey is doing. But as you point out, there's a good chance Lovey's not here anymore. If he feels he fits whatever the new coach does, then I would love to have him around for another year.
1: If they were to go with a 3-4 coach, that means they're gonna have to change all their front seven again, mm-hmm. like they were they played the three-four forever. And then when they go lovey, he gets smarter than Ogbo Karonko. Ogbo Kronko fits perfect. He's an undersized defensive end, And you know, he'd have to be an outside linebacker in a three-four, but I don't know if he can cover. He made a great move to get that sack. He, in his, in his, in his seven starts now, he has five sacks. Yeah. One of me had goose eggs and he's in la he's in one year contract. So he's playing for money and uh, I bet you they'll resign him. You know, he wants to be here, but he also is going to go where he's going to get the money. You know, he's yep. not going to, this may be his best time to get paid.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's, if he wants to stay here, I mean, there's not, he doesn't, he won't have a lot of competition for guys that they want to keep around. I would imagine what's your next stock up, John?
1: Kaimi Fairbairn kicked a 56-yard field goal. He has kicked now uh, 18 in a row. He is 6 of 6 from 50 out. He is quietly having a great season, and people don't really know it because the team is so pathetic, plus he kicks off well, and Kaimi will produce their only points. So I think that uh, he is well-deserving of stock up.
0: Yeah, I know. I agree and you stole him from me john that was my only other one i could think of you know what my stock up is this is how bad it was today did you see the new um, columbia blue hoodies that they have now with the new h town with like with the h town logo on it that they're that they're selling no. Oh, no. they're really nice, John. They're super smooth. They're That's clean. your stock up? That's my stock up is the Texans <laughs> merchandise department. Really, really. You saw there's a lot of pictures of play, uh, of players wearing them. Uh, all the legends that came by during the pregame, Wade Smith and Jonathan Wells and guys like that were wearing them. They're really nice. You can get them at the team store. They're super smooth. Good job, Texans merchandising department. They're Absolutely. They're not, they're not going to sleep at the end of the year, John. They're still cranking things out.
1: Can you imagine how they'll fired up Greg Grissom, the president, all those oh. people will be when they get if they get Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, oh. the new coach, people are gonna be so pumped.
0: Yep. Yep. I can't wait. I it's I just can't it's so depressing looking around at the stadium today. Um, I mean, hell, it was it was more exciting two weeks ago when the Chiefs were here. At least you had people that were going crazy at the game. Granted, they were Chiefs fans, but at least there there was an atmosphere. There was no atmosphere today. It was just sterile.
1: They were there were more people in the Bud Plaza listening to the band than there were in the stadium.
0: Yep. It was crazy. All right. Stock down, John. What are we doing? What's your first one?
1: Davis Mills, he was terrible from start to finish. <laughs> and uh he was just awful. He didn't throw an inter let's see, he didn't throw an interception. He didn't throw a touchdown pass. He had a fumble uh that was returned for a touchdown. He's had issues now with fumbles three games in a row. Yep. And uh but he was terrible. He didn't even have one good quarter like he did last week when he was perfect on the last two scoring drives. This game he was just awful. And their defense was 26. It wasn't anything special. Mills was just terrible. He'll be lucky if he's back back as a backup. Now, they're not cutting Davis Mills, but if they did, Tim Kelly would have him in Tennessee in a heartbeat.
0: Oh yeah, I think so too. No, I'd keep Davis. I'm I'm fine with Davis being the backup. I just don't need him I, I just don't need to see him as a starting quarterback anymore. Like voluntarily starting him, like you know, if, he, if you get in a pinch and you got to start him, I want him around. That's fine, but I'm with you. Draft a quarterback. My first stock down. Hang hey John- on one
1: second, Sean. Yeah. I'm sorry. He is a really good guy. He would work hard to help the young guy. Yeah. Whether the young guy was replacing him for the first game or the third game, he's not one of those guys that's gonna. Um, be defensive because the young guy is going to get his job. I think he'll be an ideal guy to have behind the scenes.
0: I agree, John. My next or my first stock down is Pep Hamilton. And oh, just the, you stole it from me. I did. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My John, there's no shortage of other guys for stock down. <laughs> they, they they lost 31 to three. Um, and it's the targeting of Rex Burkhead in crucial situations again. Uh. John, we, we're up in the press box. I don't sit near you in the press box. I don't know what it's like where you sit, but where I sit, I'm sitting with all the 6'10 guys. And every time there's a third down, like a third and medium situation and Burkhead's on the field, we're all like, okay, well, we know he's getting it. You know, like in third – and that fourth down play where they were going for the touchdown, I Ugh. like the decision to be aggressive. And, I like, the decision to go for it on that no fourth problem. down. No, no problem, problem with it. No problem with it. it but – the to throw it to Rexbrook and the route they're throwing him. They're throwing to the, to the end zone on some sort of shoot fade route there. Like he's Calvin Johnson or something like he he's Clint put it best. He's like he's like, chief, he's throwing a he's throwing a shoot route in the back of the end zone to a guy who's built like a fullback. Like, what are they doing? And John, just that the the fact that and they were never going to win this game in the second half. They were going to lose. But if you're going to put forth an effort. Then hurry the hell up. There were times, John, the clock is running in the fourth quarter, and they're taking the play clock all the way down to two seconds. Like, And I get it. You're not going to win. At least make it look like you're working on your hurry-up offense. You know, like it's it's just – it's such amateur hour, keystone cop stuff, and we only have 60 minutes more of it. I'm very excited about that part.
1: Pep Hamilton will be a quarterback coach somewhere. He worked well with Mills last year, but he's not a play caller. He's not someone who should be able to make the personnel decisions on offense. And uh, he will he may be the first one fired.
0: Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's been so many times this year where I'm like, fire him before he gets on the bus to go home. Um, what's your next stock down, John? Now that I stole yeah. yours.
1: Lovey Smith. He had okay. to team up playing hard three games in a row. They'd beaten the Jaguars nine consecutive games in 15 of 17, it had been 85 games since they lost to the Jaguars. Jacksonville had nothing to play for, nothing. And the Texans, you know, they're trying, as Lovey said, to win the best record in the division, finished with a three game winning streak. And they came out like they didn't give a damn about this game. And it starts with the head coach. And I thought Lovey Smith did a terrible
0: job. Terrible. No, that's a good one, John. I, there's i and there's not a whole lot more to add to that. Like he it was it was just an abysmal, embarrassing effort for fan appreciation day of all things. That's how they appreciate the fans by throwing that effort out there uh on a Sunday. John, my last one, and I know you'll you'll appreciate this one. Stock down on any of the defensive players who participated in celebrations following oh, the interceptions oh, of Desmond King God. and Jalen Petrie. There, sh- there should be a rule that you have to be within one score to be able to go have a group celebration after a turnover. Otherwise, it's a 15-yard penalty or a $10,000 fine or a five-game suspension or expulsion from the league or something. These guys, when they he made that interception and they all started running down to the end of the end zone, and I'm going, what, what, what are you doing? How tone-deaf are you? it'd be one thing if Desmond King ran down there by himself, but the fact that all his teammates were running down there with him, I blame the whole bunch of them. It's, it is ridiculous. And maybe this is old man podcasting that we're doing right now, John, but I don't know. I like, I feel like that's a complete lack of self-awareness to go do a look at me celebration when your team is trailing by 21 points. And by the way, Desmond King, you missed the tackle on one of the, you, you went into, you did a business decision on a tackle of Travis Etienne on one of the touchdowns that put you in that hole to begin with. That was, That was despicable. It was deplorable. That's a great one.
1: I tweeted about it, how embarrassing it is. And when Petrie did it, I started to say, man, you should have learned more than that at Baylor. But you're right. That's a great one. And I blame that on the coaching. They don't want to curb their enthusiasm, but sometimes you tell them, guys, when you're getting killed like that, act yeah. like you've had a turnover before. Or a veteran player step up and say, hey, dude, we don't do that when we're getting our asses kicked.
0: Yeah. i got to go look, John, and see. I'm going to go relook at the highlights and see exactly who the players were that ran down there. Like, if it was Jerry Hughes among them. I bet Jerry Hughes did not run down for that celebration.
1: I sure hope he didn't. I'm guessing it was all the DBs and the. A- Few of the linebackers, linemen don't like to run that far, but
0: uh, it still was an embarrassing. Embarrassing, embarrassing. All right. So we did our four stock up and four stock down. John, before we get out of here, this was an interesting Sunday of NFL football. Um, we saw the Tampa Bay Buccaneers clinch a playoff spot, clinch the NFC South in a comeback win over the Panthers. So that spot is is clinched.
1: And Brady threw for 432 yards, no interceptions, three touchdowns to Mike Evans, who had over 200 yards. And it looked like they
0: are going to get beat. Yeah, they put up 20 in the fourth quarter. Our, John, I mean, you look at the NFC. The NFC compared to the AFC, when it comes to the quarterbacks, is – it, it's night and day like he, the the five teams that have clinched spots in the AFC right now are the bills, the chiefs. I, I don't know what the order is, but the bills, the chiefs, the Ravens, the Bengals, and the chargers. Those are five, five, when Lamar Jackson is healthy, those are five of the easily the 10 best quarterbacks in the league. And, you know, Lamar, Justin you Herber, know.
1: You Herbert, you mentioned Herbert. Yeah.
0: Lamar? Yeah. Well, yeah. Her, Herbert Burrow, Allen. you could make an argument that Allen, Mahomes, Herbert and Burrow are the four best quarterbacks in football.
1: Absolutely.
0: And yeah. they're in the and they're in the postseason. Trevor Lawrence is up and coming. If they win next week, which I think they will, he's going to be in. Those AFC playoffs are going to be a whole lot of fun to watch.
1: Jalen Hurts is proving why he should be the MVP because they've lost two games without him. Yep. They've got to win that last game to get a home field advantage. And if they lose, they could end up being a wild card and the Cowboys winning that division. Great things are coming down. The 49ers' overtime victory over the Raiders. Jared Stidham starting for the Raiders for the first time. He was tremendous. Brock Purdy continues to be one of the greatest success stories in the NFL. And um, the Bears, I thought maybe Minnesota wouldn't need to win and they would rest the starters at Chicago and help Chicago win another game in case the Texans were to win. But I still don't see the Texans winning at Indy. All the playoff jockey is great. Maybe the Texans will be there again, but I want to see all the jockey in for that first pick between the Texans and the Bears. Do you know on Monday night if Buffalo loses to KC, Kansas City's got home field advantage. With one if, game left. If Buffalo good. oh
0: Buffalo loses to Cincinnati, you mean.
1: Buffalo loses to Cincinnati. Kansas City's got on-field advantage. Yep. And the Chiefs have a really easy game. And the Bills have not won a road playoff game under Sean McDermott, going back to when they lost to the Texans in 2019. So they need to win. They need on-field advantage because they're 14-1 at home in their last 15. Bengals have won. Seven in a row, the 49ers and Bengals are the hottest team in the NFL. Every time there's a great college football game, I see all these longtime media people say there's nothing like college football. And it's great. And then I see games like we saw today, and I think there's nothing like the NFL. Fact Mm -hmm. is, it's why football is the greatest game and the most popular.
0: John, who do you want to get that last playoff spot in the AFC, the teams that are still in the hunt for it? The Jets were eliminated today um the Titans and the you know the Titans and Jags that you know that the winner of that game is going to represent the AFC South this the that that seventh seed in the playoffs in the AFC it looks like it's going to be if the Steelers win tonight against Baltimore it looks like it'll be down to the Steelers the Dolphins and the New England Patriots who do you most want to see get in there in that seventh they seed
1: you don't want to see New England they beat the Dolphins the Dolphins are railing. Teddy Bridgewater got hurt. They had to go with Thompson as the rookie quarterback. I felt terrible for him that Tua can't stay healthy. I don't want it to be New England. I want it to be – who was the third one? I forgot. Uh,
0: The – sorry, the Dolphins, the Packers – oh, the Dolphins, Patriots, and the Steelers Steelers, as a – Steelers. Yeah.
1: I want it to be the Steelers. They're on a roll. Mike Tomlin is doing a great coaching job. He's doing it with a rookie quarterback. People totally wrote him off. Plus, to me, the playoffs are just better when the Steelers are in it.
0: Mike Tomlin's a great coach, and you know why? He's he, you know the, that streak he had where he's he's never had a losing record as the head coach of the Steelers, and he's had seasons where he should have had a losing record. Remember, they, they had a season they were starting Duck Hodges at the end of the year, and he still managed to finish <laughs> eight and eight. John, May, <laughs> yeah, Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph were his quarterbacks <laughs> one season, and the guy finished eight and eight. They if they win tonight. And again, we're recording this. If you're listening to this on Monday, John and I are recording this before the Sunday night football game, actually as the Sunday night football game is starting here. um, But they're, they're able to win their last two games. He's going to finish above 500 again with Kenny Pickett as his quarterback. Um, He's Mike Tomlin is, uh, I don't want to say underrated. I mean, I think he's generally thought of as a very good coach, but that is a, I don't even care if you've had Ben Roethlisberger for most of that time. That's a remarkable streak. There's plenty of hall of fame quarterbacks, Who have blotches on their record here and there, where they finished six and ten. Aaron Rodgers was six and ten his first year as a starter. You know, Brett Favre had a few seasons where, where he was bad. You know, like there, you know, Drew Brees was seven and nine a couple of seasons under Sean Payton, six seven years ago. That's a really remarkable streak by Tomlin. I'm rooting for. I'm with you. I'm rooting for the Steelers to finish nine and eight on the season.
1: And if they're playing, maybe we'll see J.J. Watt on the sideline watching his brothers T.J. and Derek.
0: Yep. Oh, you. Oh, on the last podcast where I made the prediction that the Steelers home game for the Texans would be the Ring of Honor game for J.J. Watt. You know who else it looks like, John, they're going to play uh, the Texans that year in their variable 17th game against an NFC team? The exactly. Arizona Cardinals at home.
1: I and I don't think they really care. He He went out there because of the money it would be Pittsburgh would be so much better.
0: Yeah, okay. That's what I, that's what I was looking for. I, I don't I don't have a strong feel one way or the other. Although it is tradition for the Texans to induct people in the Ring of Honor when they play the Arizona Cardinals.
1: They've already reached out to him and uh uh and he'll do whatever that whatever they want to do and uh so you know, it's like we were talking, if I'm the NFL, I give them the Steelers, I give them early. You don't want to do it late when they can be terrible. Do it early when people are fired up. Plus, there's a mystique about the Steelers in Houston because of all the history with the Oilers, and so I think the Steelers would be great. We don't know if Derek would still be there. Yeah. I'm pretty sure TJ still. Yeah, I think
0: TJ will still. I think they're going to hang on to TJ. That's <laughs> just my gut feel. I, You know, I think, too, John, the Steelers are one of those teams where the fans travel. They travel or there's Steeler fans everywhere. Oh, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. I think that would be one way to make sure that that you have as many Texan fans as possible at that Steeler game. I can tell you right now, like, my wife is a season ticket holder that does sell some of her tickets. She, she goes to, she you know, there's, what are there, eight, nine home games a year? Well, ten, including yeah. the preseason. Amy goes to probably six to seven of them. You know, she'll sell tickets to two or three for scheduling reasons or money or whatever um she would not she would not sell her tickets it would take a lot of money for her to not be in the building for jj watt going into the <laughs> ring of honor
1: <laughs> well i hope that's the way it works out
0: i do too i do too all right john what do you got going on on your various platforms
1: i have uh i have my report card on sports radio 610.com i have a texans column about how bad they play now they'll have a new coaching staff and a new quarterback and what they got to do to make sure they don't blow that first overall pick.
0: Oof. Yeah. That, that's what uh, the Colts are scaring me. But all right. Good deal. Um, so you can get John on sportsradio610.com and gallerysports.com, Of course, big thanks to Figgy Fig for getting this podcast out to you. We're going to go from three episodes a week to two episodes a week, starting once the season is over. But there will be plenty, plenty. There's a coaching change and free agency in the draft. There will be no rest for us on this podcast because it's going to be an off season for the ages, for the Texans. So we will, uh, well, we've got one more game to get through before we get to that. So big thanks to figgy Fig for getting the podcast. All you guys, big thanks to all of you for, uh, listening, downloading, sharing it, rating it, hopefully giving us five stars, all that stuff, getting it wherever you get your podcast, happy new year, 2023, big things ahead, better things ahead for sure. For the hall of famer, John McClain. I am Sean Pendergast. We are out of time. We'll see you later this week. Mailbag episode. HOU Mailbag at gmail.com. Send us your questions. We'll be recording that on Tuesday this week. The drop on Wednesday. Have a great day, everybody.